Again, let me say what a blessing it is to see you in the Lord's house on this beautiful Lord's Day. And I ask if you will to turn with me in your copy of God's Word to Matthew in chapter 2. And we will read from verses 1 through 11. How far will you travel to see Jesus? How far will you travel to see Jesus? If you are physically able, I would invite you to stand with me in honor and reverence of reading God's Word today. Matthew 2, beginning in verse 1, speaking of the visit of the wise men. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler." who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained for them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense, and myrrh. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. How true it is that we will go to great lengths to support sports teams. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I've done the same thing. We'll go to great lengths to see our favorite sports player. Maybe to meet him or her and to gather a photo with them. Maybe it's not sports, but maybe it's certain uh, music groups that will go to great lengths to travel or uh, to purchase tickets and save up and try to get backstage to meet them, our favorite musician or singer. Possibly even we go to great lengths, and many people do, just to catch a glimpse of their favorite movie star, even to be near the set. Whatever it is, you get my point that we go to great lengths to see certain people do certain things. The amazing thing is, is that we have 24-7 access to Jesus. And the question that is heralded before us today, to what lengths do we go to seek Christ and worship Him? We will go to great lengths for 
men and women of this earth, sometimes greatly corrupted men and women, low in character, but because they entertain us and excite us, we'll spend a great amount of money, travel great many miles, just to see them even from afar. How sad it is that in the American church we treat worship and other spiritual disciplines as though it's just an option. If we have time, if we feel well enough, if all the stars are lined in place, then yeah, we'll be at church or we'll do another spiritual discipline. It's, but to so many, it's optional. It has been noted and well noted that church attendance is not what it was even 20, 25 years ago in America. Tom S. Rayner talked about one of the reasons. He says it's not necessarily that our membership has dropped, but that people that are even considered regular attendees, as you go to 25 years ago, people might have missed a Sunday every two to three months. And now if you attend once or twice a month, that is considered a regular attendee. And so you see how it's adjusted the numbers of what we see as church attendance in many ways. It's not that there's less members, it's that they're all here at different times. And there are many things to combat with, I realize, in today's time than there was even 25 years ago, but that doesn't make it right. And it doesn't mean that we should treat our church membership and worship and other spiritual disciplines, even at home, our private worship, as an optional thing. If everything else works out, then we will do it. But this was not the case with the wise men, was it? A star appeared before them. And isn't it amazing that God came to these pagan astrologers where they were? Pagan people. They did not serve Jehovah God. Most likely they knew the prophecy because of of many years earlier, there were prophets that were captive in foreign lands that spoke the prophecy of the coming Messiah. And God came to them where they were. Pagan astrologers. God came to them. They were watchers of the stars. And so God sent them a star to lead them to the Messiah. What a wonderful thing, beloved. I think that just, that's like a chicken dinner to my soul that God meets us where we are. He comes to us where we are. They were stargazers, star watchers, and He sent them a star to lead them to the Messiah. How beautiful. It's a picture also here at the birth of Jesus Christ. We, we've heard the nativity story of how so many people were brought into the story of the coming of Christ. There were Jews, there were lowly shepherds, and here we see these Gentile pagan kings, if you will, star watchers, brought into the nativity story. They were not there when Jesus was born. Jesus at this point could have been closer at two years of age. But they traveled. And by the way, we don't know if there were three. We always assume that because there were three gifts. There might have been many traveling with them. But they came. They had heard the prophecy. They saw the star. And so they came to see Jesus Christ. We read this morning of how they stopped in Jerusalem to ask Herod, 
Where is this one born king of the Jews? Now we read the scripture of where Herod acted sincere in telling them they had a meeting. Now where was, where was the king of the Jews to be born? And, and the, the scribes and the Pharisees said, Oh, Bethlehem, just a couple of miles from Jerusalem. But yet these pagan astrologers traveled many, many miles while the Jews sat in Jerusalem. Herod only wanted to know where Jesus was that he might have him killed out of envy and jealousy and not wanting his throne to be disturbed in Jerusalem because he considered himself king of the Jews. But what an amazing thing. This is a picture of the gospel going to all the world. Even in the nativity, we see the Gentiles, you and I, non-Jews, being brought into the gospel story through this story of the wise men coming to worship Jesus Christ. And the wise men, once they saw the star, went on a journey. They went on a quest. And what was their journey and quest? It was for revelation. The star had appeared before them. They knew the prophecy and they wanted to see Jesus Christ. They wanted to see the Messiah, the Anointed One of God, God's Son. And so they went on a journey for revelation. We have seen His star, but we want to see Him. And so they went on their journey. But they also not only went for revelation, but they went for worship. And they told that to Herod. We've come, we've traveled from afar many miles, but we want to worship the King of the Jews. And we have brought gifts. They sought to meet and to worship Jesus Christ, this King of the Jews. After the star appeared to them, the wise men gave three things, and I'm not speaking at this time about gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But they gave them three things. One was their attention. They gave this King of the Jews their utmost attention. They prepared for the journey. They put all their minds together, all their wisdom to follow the star. They took great action and they persevered in their journey. Long days of travel, hard nights of sleep and rest most likely, especially in those days. But they gave great action. But you know what else they did? When they found Jesus in the house at this time, they gave their adoration. And they brought gifts worthy of a king, worthy signifying of the priest that Jesus Christ would be, and also anointing him for even his sacrificial death in the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They gave their attention to Jesus Christ, their utmost attention. And how that convicts me, beloved, in the days that I do not give Jesus Christ my utmost attention. They gave great action and perseverance and how that convicts me when I will give other things not only my attention but great action, but I do not give Jesus Christ much action in my spiritual disciplines and duties in my daily walk. 
And thirdly, how convicting that these pagan astrologers would travel so far to come to worship the King of the Jews and to bring Him gifts and to worship Him and to give Him adoration and adore Him. And how convicting that is to me of the times that I have not given Jesus the worship that is due His name and His glory. They gave Him action. They gave Him attention and also They gave him adoration. Beloved, in our Christian walk, we too must consistently go and travel to great lengths to experience Christ and worship him. Now, what do you mean by that, Brother Allen, you might be asking? Do I have to go to Jerusalem? Do I have to travel to Jerusalem to experience Jesus Christ? Of course not. How beautiful it would be there. I've never been there. I hope to go in my life. But you don't have to travel to Bethlehem in modern day times to experience Jesus Christ. You can experience Him on the pinnacle even here in Berea, but you don't even have to go there. You can experience Him by your bedside in your secret place, if you will, here at church. But the question still is raised, how far will you go to experience Jesus Christ and to new links and new depths in this upcoming year? How true it is that we will give our attention and our action and our adoration to many things in this life. But we must also give our attention, action, and adoration to Jesus Christ. And beloved, the light has been given. We have the light of the Word of God, the light of the church, the light of of the Holy Spirit convicting us and guiding us and leading us. The question is, will you go to meet with Jesus this year? Will you go today? And how far will you go? How far will you travel in your daily journeys to worship Him? I want to share just three small things with you very quickly as you follow the one true light, Jesus Christ, that has been revealed to you. I ask that we all, including myself, do these things, and that is one, daily prepare for your journey. I wonder how many blessings that I've missed in my Christian life because I wasn't prepared to hear from God. I'd say quite a few, quite a many. Blessings that I've missed that God sent my way, but I wasn't prepared to hear from Him. My attention was somewhere else. It was on some something else I was giving my attention to, and I was not daily preparing to experience Jesus Christ, to travel to worship Him, either privately in my home or with a small group of Christians or even in this great assembly today. You see, to experience Jesus Christ, you must daily prepare for the journey. The wise men went to great lengths to prepare well for this lengthy journey. We must do the same, beloved. We must do the same. And much of the the time seems uh, mundane, if you will. But a lot of people travel from church to church many times, wanting the new excitement. But, beloved, the whole journey isn't about all the feelings of excitement. It's continuously going, going at home and worshiping privately and reading the Word of God. 
to pray to the Lord Jesus Christ each and every day throughout the day, increasing our prayer life, increasing our Bible study time. And devotions are wonderful, but devotions, beloved, are not the main course. You must dig into the Word, and you must prepare for your journey. We've often heard sports coaches say, you don't wait until you get in the game to prepare, right? You're ready when the coach looks down and says, you're up, you're in. You've been preparing for that moment, for that time. And it's the same in our spiritual life as well. We must daily prepare for the journey, this pilgrimage that we call life here below. And we must daily prepare by coming to Christ each day through study of His Word, through spiritual disciplines, through reaching out and helping and loving others. I would also say this, don't get sidetracked. Keep following the Christ, the Anointed One, Jesus, and follow Him alone because He is the true light. He is the only begotten Son of God sent into this world to redeem us and save us and give us eternal life and abundant life. Don't get sidetracked in this life. I want you to note something about the wise men. Reason led them to Jerusalem to talk to this wicked Herod. Reason did. Well, we're close. We'll stop at Jerusalem because certainly they must be looking for the king of the Jews, right? And we'll talk to their leader, Herod. He must be really excited about the, king, the birth of the king of the Jews. Reason led them to Jerusalem, but that was not the answer. As a matter of fact, I would say, and I guess this sounds like I'm just blaming the wise men for this, but actually by them alerting Herod, many children lost their lives because Herod sent his soldiers out to kill all children in proximity of two years of age and younger. Actually, through their reason, through their thinking, they went to Herod, and much tragedy came from it. Reason led them to Jerusalem, but revelation led them to Bethlehem, the star that God had provided for them. So I want to say, don't get sidetracked. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get off Jesus Christ. Even for those who act so spiritual and say they've got another path, don't get sidetracked. And don't, don't try to use your reason for everything in this life. It'll lead you to the Herods. It'll lead to confusion. It'll lead to turmoil. It'll lead to death, beloved. Keep following the light of Jesus Christ and follow Him more and more each day this year. What do you need to do? Is it make sure that your uh, attendance in worship is more consistent? Is it coming back on Sunday nights, coming to prayer meeting Wednesday nights? What is it? More Bible study and reading each day for your life. More prayer time in your secret prayer devotional closet is it getting involved in more bible studies through sunday school or maybe through our sunday night studies coming up whatever it is i'm asking you to prepare for the journey to lock in and give jesus christ your attention and go to places you've never been before in your christian life or it's been a long time since you've been there but go the light has shined upon us. Go and follow Jesus Christ to new depths in your life. And thirdly, I want to say this. 
when you go on your journey, when you prepare for your journey, when you keep your eyes upon the altar of your salvation, take something with you. Take something with you to give. I'm not saying we buy Jesus off. We don't purchase our salvation in any shape, form, or fashion. But beloved, the wise men brought gifts to worship the king of the Jews. Should we go empty-handed to only receive things from the church or Jesus Christ and not give? Should we dare come to Jesus Christ without true worship? Many times we say, oh, but I've given Him my heart. But what does that mean? That rolls off the tongue so easy. I've given Him my heart. What do you mean by that? Beloved, if you give the Lord Jesus Christ your heart, you'll be giving Him more than the wise men gave them. Because when you give someone your heart, you give them your attention. You give them their adoration. You put into action. It flows out of your life. It'll affect how you spend your time, how you, what you do with your treasures, how you use your talents and spiritual gifts when you give Jesus Christ your heart. And that is what you can give Him as well. Consider the journey that Jesus took for you. He was the Word in the beginning that created the mountains and the deep valleys and the trees and the beasts of the field and man. He left the glories of heaven and put on mortal flesh and walked among us suffered in this life as we do and much more greater than we have ever anticipated as He bore the wrath of God as He became our sins on the cross of Calvary. In the grave for three days, risen on the third, walked among His disciples and others for forty days, ascended into heaven. Think of the journey that Jesus Christ took for me. Think of the journey of the cross. The Via Dolorosa that Jesus walked bearing a cross that I deserved. And yet He bore that cross and the shame that came with it and the wrath of God that I would not have to ever endure being separated from the love of God. Think of the journey that Jesus took for you and for me. Is He worth our journey? Amen? Is He worthy of our attention? Amen? Is He worthy of our action? Amen? Is He worthy of our adoration? Amen? He is worthy. He is worthy and worth the journey to know Him more and more each and every day. I thought of that little chorus we sing around Christmas time. What can I give Him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. 
Yet what can I give him? Give him my heart. Would you give Jesus Christ your heart today? This new year, on this first Lord's Day, would you prepare for the journey of this upcoming year? Would you go to new depths in seeking Jesus Christ? He has come to you. He has drawn near to us. Will we draw near to Him? Will we give Jesus Christ our attention, our action, and our adoration? Will we be prepared each day? Will we be focused and not get sidetracked from living for Jesus? Would we take something with us? Must we go empty-handed to Jesus Christ? But would we worship Him by giving Him our heart, all of our life, our love, and our being? Would you surrender your life to Him today?